Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, Oddings. It's your Ate Sapphire. Open wide for today's episode with stories that take place in the middle of nowhere or about what's behind the closed door or what's crawling in your mouth. First, we'll hear about a grotesque scarecrow in a field. Then we'll visit an old farmhouse infested with bugs, listen to a voice behind a door, spot mysterious figures in public, and investigate an abandoned well. I receive hundreds of amazing story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that I've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you want more from Something Scary, join our Patreon for extra perks. Check it out at patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Bubak. The following story is based on a submission from Anastasia. In Spain, in the 1990s, there lived a 12-year-old girl named Lucia. She lived on a farm surrounded by fields with her two parents. Every other weekend or so, her parents had to go into town for different business reasons, conventions, conferences, what have you. Lucia was much too young to tag along with them, so they would leave her at home where her cousin Emily would babysit. Emily was only three years older than Lucia, so she would always protest. Why do I even need a babysitter? I'm old enough to watch myself. But her parents disagreed. Lucia probably wouldn't have minded this as much if she actually liked her cousin. But Emily loved to play pranks on her. She'd always try to scare her with monster stories or try to convince her that her toys were possessed. So it was a Friday morning and Lucia's parents had left, leaving Lucia and Emily alone on the farm. Emily was going to make them breakfast, so she asked Lucia to gather some eggs from the hens. Lucia walked over to the coop and noticed something in the corner of her eye. In the middle of the field was a scarecrow. It hadn't been there before, so Lucia was positive it was just one of her cousin's pranks. She rolled her eyes and went to get the eggs. She didn't mention to Emily that she saw the scarecrow. She was just going to ignore it. The next morning, Lucia went to gather more eggs for breakfast. The scarecrow was still there, in the field. Lucia chuckled to herself, entertained by her cousin's attempts to scare her. When she gathered the eggs and walked back to the house, She stopped in her tracks. The scarecrow was now much closer than it was before. Okay, that got me, Lucia chuckled to herself. She didn't notice it before because it was so far away, but Lucia was shocked by how ugly it was. She grabbed an egg and threw it at its grotesque face. She pranced into the kitchen and placed the bucket of eggs on the counter. I'll admit it, that scarecrow's pretty good, Lucia said. Emily looked up from the pan. What are you talking about? You can stop the act, cousin. How long did it take you to make that? 
Emily turned the stove off and wrinkled her brow. Where did you say you saw the scarecrow? It's right where you last left it, at the edge of the field. Emily rushed over to the window and looked around. Lucia skipped up behind her and looked out as well. But the scarecrow was gone. Whoa, how'd you do that? Emily hastily pulled the curtain closed and pulled Lucia to the ground, lowering her voice to a whisper. Lucia, are you familiar with the bubak? Ugh, you are unbelievable. Listen to me. It came for one of my friends not too long ago. It goes after young children. It makes a sound like a crying baby to make you come near it. And when you're close enough, it takes you and throws you in his sack to eat later. We have to stick together today. Cool story, cousin. I'm gonna go read in my room. Don't bother me until dinner, okay? So Lucia locked herself in her room and read her fantasy book on her bed. She didn't even realize she had fallen asleep until she was awoken by a sound coming from the other side of her room. It was a baby crying. Nice try, cuz, Lucia drowsily shouted into the darkness. She reached over and turned her lamp on and was startled by the figure in her room. It was the scarecrow. Lucia? Lucia, are you there? A muffled cry came from behind it. Lucia spotted the large, writhing sack where the sound was coming from. Seriously, Emily, when are you going to give it up? Lucia got out of her bed and approached the scarecrow, ready to call her cousin out. But with every step, her confidence began to wear off. The closer she got, the more details she noticed. The pole holding up its hideous body slowly began to coil like a snake. This scarecrow was alive. Lucia, run! The scarecrow revealed its raggedy arms from underneath its tattered clothes and raised them towards Lucia. She ran out of her bedroom, frantically searching for a place to hide. She could hear the bubak slithering not too far behind her. She ran into the kitchen and hid inside the smallest cupboard that she could squeeze into. And she waited. She was going to wait there for as long as she could. Her parents would be home the next morning. She was going to make it. Just then, the kitchen phone rang. It went to voicemail. Hi, Lucy. It's mom and dad. We actually booked a couple more meetings out here and we thought a lot about it. And you know, you're right. You are a big girl and you can take care of yourself for another day or so. And Emily, we know we only paid you until tomorrow morning. So feel free to go home. Lucy will be fine. So, um, yeah, just call us back at our hotel when you get the chance, okay? Love you. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. And now, more Something Scary. This next story comes from Kat, who lived in a very old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, where they lost a few of their teeth. 
Just a little backstory. My name is Kat, and when I was about seven or eight, we moved into this really old farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere. And when I say old, I mean old. This place was probably about 111 years old by what my parents said. I don't know what possessed my parents to buy this house, but it was probably the desperation to get us out of my godparents' place and get us into a home of our own. Anyway, this house was two stories. The first floor had all the normal stuff, a bathroom, kitchen, dining room, living room, and some storage closets. Overall, the downstairs was pretty okay. The upstairs, though, not so much. You had to walk up a super narrow and dimly lit staircase to get up to the three bedrooms. My sister and I's room was to the left of the stairs. Technically, it was the master bedroom, so there was a bathroom attached that anyone upstairs had to use. I distinctly remember our room having no light switch, just a pull chain in the center of the room that my dad made long enough to stretch out the door, so my sister Tori and I didn't have to fight over who was going to brave the darkness just to turn on the light. Right next to our room, in the middle of the landing, was our parents' room. It was probably the darkest room in the house at night, and my parents slept with the door open, so that way if Tori and I needed them, they could come running. And next to their room, on the right of the landing, was a guest room. I always had a bad feeling about that room. Then there was the basement. That place really freaked me out. The walls were lined with metal shelves covered in power tools that were red with rust. Or at least I hoped it was rust. And in the center of the room sat a large wooden crate. On top of the crate was more power tools and a danger keep out sign. My father moved everything off of the wooden crate and attempted to push the crate aside. It was heavy, really heavy, and probably for good reason because under that crate was a gigantic well that went all the way under the house. There was a bucket at the bottom, so my dad pulled it up, except there was no water inside. Instead, there was an old broken skull that some insects had claimed as their home. My dad fished the skull out of the bucket and the bugs climbed all over him. He screamed and dropped the skull, shattering it into a couple of pieces as the bugs scurried off into the dark corners of the basement. This is when the trouble started. After we moved the crate off of that well, I started to get a really uneasy feeling about the house, like even more uneasy than what I felt before. I felt like we had released something. It became more and more terrifying for me to be alone upstairs during the day or night. And to make matters worse, I started seeing things. My bed was positioned in a way that I could see into the hall at night outside our bedroom. And every now and then, I swear I could see people moving around out there. It couldn't have been my parents, as I could see right into their room, and they were fast asleep. Something was moving around with us up here, when we were all asleep and vulnerable. I don't remember what was going on that night, whether or not I just couldn't sleep, or if I had gotten up to go to the bathroom or what, but I had turned over in my bed and looked over at my parents' room, which I usually did for comfort, and saw two red eyes looking back at me from their room. I was petrified, but that didn't stop me from trying to get my sister's attention. I waited until I saw the eyes disappear and I got up to get my sister. 
but she wouldn't wake up. I shook her and tried to call her name, but she would not wake up for anything. I knew I wasn't dreaming because I would pinch myself repeatedly and I could feel the pain. I kept shaking her and I watched as her eyelids would flutter open, revealing just the whites of her eyes before they shut again. I ran into the bathroom and turned on the light in both the main room and in the closet that joined it just to make sure. I went over to the sink to get water like I normally did, but this time I wouldn't dare touch the tap. The walls and ceiling and sink were covered in bugs, some dead some alive, but they were there and it was disgusting. They started falling off the walls all over me. Some even landed in my cup. I screamed and threw the cup into the sink. The bugs started to rush to the floor now. I moved my feet to get out of there, but ended up slipping on some of the roaches. My face flew down into the hard linoleum and smashed my lip up, scattering some of my teeth across the floor. I reached up and felt my gums for the missing teeth but I felt something else. I felt something moving around inside my mouth. It was a giant roach. They were trying to get inside me. I spit it out and flung myself out of the room, back to my sister. I once again tried to wake her up, but to no avail. And you know damn well that I wasn't going into my parents' room. I decided to bandage up my face and try to get some sleep. The next morning, I told my parents everything. We went into the bathroom, but my teeth weren't there. My sister suggested that maybe the bugs took off with them. I really wish she hadn't said that, because now I can't get it out of my head. Now the house has a piece of me. Maybe it wants another skull, just like the one we found in the well. I just hope it doesn't get the other parts of me. Thanks for sharing that story with us, Kat. I'm actually curious to know if you ever learned any more information about that house, uh, like the history of it or the history of that well. You know, maybe something happened there a really long time ago. Maybe those bugs are a manifestation of something really bad. Who knows? But yeah, if you ever find out more information, I'd love to know, and I'm sure the listeners would too. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And now we travel on over to Malaysia, where Roni first heard the disembodied voice that's been following him and begging him to open the door. When I was 21, I moved to Malaysia for school. I was alone and missed my family often especially my grandmother on my mom's side. I had been very close with her since I was a child. 
She used to tell me the best bedtime stories about her life. Sometimes they were sad or funny. A lot of them were a little terrifying. It had been two months since I moved to Malaysia. One night, I woke up hearing what sounded like someone throwing everything around in the kitchen. So I rushed to the kitchen and turned on the light. But everything was fine. Maybe the sound came from the neighbors? I wasn't sure, but I decided to go back to bed. The next day, I asked my roommates if they heard things being thrown around the night before, but no one had. A few weeks later, I heard a knock on my door while I was asleep in bed. I got up to see who it was, and a voice came through the door. Oh, my dear Roni, open the door. I came all the way here to make sure you're okay. It was my grandma. But that wasn't possible. She was back in Bangladesh, and there's no way she traveled all alone without telling me she would first. So I asked the voice, Grandma, is that you? No reply. My grandma told me stories like this, so to be safe, I didn't open the door. The next morning, I called my grandmother to tell her about what had happened. She said, Oh my God, she is after you now? Listen, honey, do not open the door when she calls you, okay? Remember, she will call you only once, and if you are strong enough not to answer, she will leave you alone. Do not be fooled. Be careful and pray. I was surprised. It seemed like she was very familiar with this voice, so I asked her about it more. How do you know about this voice? Something's been following me for quite a long time. The voice comes to my door and calls me with the voice of people I love. Once I replied and was about to open it, but I came to my senses in time to realize what was happening and locked it. The voice continued to visit me every so often. Even when I moved apartments a few times, it followed me. It began to happen so often that I sort of became used to it. It had been two years since the voice began imitating my grandmother, But one night, two months ago, it was different. It wasn't my grandmother begging to be let inside. It was a deeper, older voice that I had never heard before. Roni, I am taking her with me. And if you don't let me in, you are going to be next. This was different. It's just a trick, I told myself. It's trying a different method to get to me, and I just need to continue to ignore it. And so I did. The next morning, my mother called me to let me know that my grandmother had passed away unexpectedly in the night. I felt awful, knowing that I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her. Felt even worse thinking that I had something to do with it. If I had opened the door, would my grandma still be alive? No, it was just a coincidence, that's all. An incredibly unfortunate coincidence. I ended up moving to a new house a month later. I was hoping that a change of environment would help me get over the guilt weighing me down. And it helped. One day, two days, a full week had passed and that voice hadn't returned. Until the tenth night. You are never alone. I will always follow you. Whatever it is took my grandmother away from me, and I'm next.
I just wish I could know when. I'm very sorry to hear about your grandmother, and I hope that that voice doesn't eventually get you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This next story is from Purity, about the mysterious spirits that visit them out in the open every now and then. Up until I moved to the city for college, I lived in the same little condo building in New Jersey all my life. When I was around six years old, I went outside to play around in a small field nearby. I had to cross the street and a parking lot to get to the field, so I walked ahead without a care in the world. But just as I got to the street, I got a chill up my spine. But it was the middle of the summer, I thought. Is the wind blowing? My attention was strangely drawn to a small group of trees that was used to separate the condos. That's where I saw the figure. It was extremely tall, maybe around seven to eight feet, and either completely covered in shadows or was made of shadows. It had wide, white eyes that were almost glowing, and something folded up on its back. I immediately froze from fear and confusion. We did nothing but stare at each other for only a few moments before I felt a sudden rush of a dangerously fast wind zip past me from the street. A speeding car had just whizzed past me. If I had kept walking without a distraction, I easily could have gotten hit and seriously hurt. When I turned back towards the figure, it was gone. I decided to go back inside right away. A couple years passed and I forgot about that event until I was around 13. I was at my aunt's house for a barbecue and I was gathering up some of the plates and silverware from the table in her backyard. I was by myself since the adults had just carried a big tarp inside and were putting it away. As I was walking back, I felt that chill down my spine from years ago and suddenly got very frightened. I suddenly felt eyes on me from above, so I looked up and saw that same figure that I saw years ago at the top of a large tree. It was scrunched up, just staring at me, before it looked over at an empty lot that was close by. I quickly ran to the stairs with the supplies in my hands, just before a stray and very angry dog ran out of the alley towards where the table was. I bolted inside and warned my family about the dog. Again, this figure got my attention and inadvertently kept me safe, just before disappearing. This time, the incident stuck with me, and I did some research one night about anything like this. What I found was that some darkness-based entities or spirits can semi-attach to humans and end up becoming warning signs or protectors of sorts, usually from a distance with the downside of often scaring the person they want to protect. As much as I researched, I couldn't find a concrete name other than dark protector spirits. That incident wasn't the last time either. The last incident happened when I was 18. 
This time, I was riding the subway to the city with my parents, seeing if I could learn the system and use it to easily come home from college. I was very tired that day and couldn't help but feel drowsy as I stared at the passing subway platforms. Then, that familiar chill went down my spine, but something was different. I spotted the figure briefly as we passed by another random platform, but this time he was just average size, not super tall. And then I heard it talk. The voice was small and quiet, but serious and determined, like an angry whispering that was spoken by several people at the same time. It said, <gasps> and right after that, I woke up in my seat. I had unknowingly fallen asleep for a few minutes. I remembered what the figure said and decided to move to a seat across the aisle. My mom was confused, but I told her I just needed some space. And then the train suddenly shook hard and a suitcase above my old seat busted open, dropping a poorly secured kitchen knife right below it. My mother was frightened and admonished the owner for not wrapping up the knife at all. I was shocked more than anything. That knife would have landed right on my spine. The subway incident was just before college, and since then, I swear I've been noticing more figures like these, even out on the streets during the day. Not even just the ones I was used to, but figures of varying shapes and sizes. It's not every day, though, only once in a while, and it only lasts for a small moment before I turn and see nothing but regular city-goers. But each time I see one, I feel a sense of relief. I'm glad that something out there has been trying to protect me. Whatever these visions are, they seem to be saving me. And yet, their presence also makes me worry. Why do I keep running into so many near-death experiences in the first place? I fear that another spirit is out there, trying to eliminate me while others are trying to save me. A paranormal war seems to be going on right under our noses. I only hope that my guardian angels win. Thank you, Purity, for sharing that story with us. It's always nice to get a story every now and then that's about spirits that aren't trying to hurt you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we've reached the final story of today's episode. This one comes from Miko and is another true story involving a deep open well and was featured on scaryforkids.com. When I was seven or eight years old, my parents sent me to stay with my grandmother for a few weeks. She lived in a small cottage on the outskirts of a little village. It was a boring little village, and there were no other children my age. There was not very much I could do to keep myself amused. So one day, I was wandering through the fields behind my grandmother's cottage, trying to cure my boredom, when I came across an old well. 
It was on a hill that was overgrown with thistles and nettles. Someone had placed wooden boards over the top of the opening. I tried to push them aside, but they were screwed into place. Then I noticed one of the boards was loose, so I pulled it off and peered down into the darkness. I wanted to know how deep it was, so I found a stone and dropped it inside, and I counted the seconds before I heard it drop. One, two, three, four. It was deep. Finally, something to entertain myself with, I thought, so I gathered up even more stones and started throwing them in one by one, trying to see how fast I could make them fall. Suddenly, one of my grandma's neighbors appeared behind me and grabbed me by the arm. What on earth do you think you're doing? Get away from there! Why? What did I do wrong? I asked. But the neighbor was insistent. Go! Go home now! She pushed me in the direction back towards the village, and I ran back to my grandmother's house. That evening, I told my grandmother what had happened. I expected her to empathize with me, but instead she got angry and lashed out at me, giving me a clip around the ear. She told me to stay away from the well, but she didn't explain why. All she said was that it was a bad well. That night was when I started to have strange dreams. I dreamed that I was walking through a field covered in thick mist. I was barefoot, and when I looked down at the ground, there was no grass, just black ashes. There was nobody around, and I was all alone. I kept walking, and out of the mist, I saw the abandoned well emerge. I stopped at the well and peered over the edge. I couldn't see anything, but I could hear bubbling water. All of a sudden, a pair of gnarled hands appeared from the well. I recoiled in horror and turned to run away, but the hands stretched out of the well and followed me. Horrified, I tried to escape from those grasping hands with their long, grotesque fingers, but as often happens in nightmares, it felt like I was running in place. The hands kept stretching more and more, and I felt their disgusting texture grabbing me by my bare ankles. <laughs> Just then, I woke up in a cold sweat. Even after I was awake, I could still feel the sensation of those wretched hands gripping me. Terrified and speechless, I just sat there for a few moments trying to catch my breath. Outside, it was raining, and I could hear the raindrops pounding against my window. When I looked up at the window, I was shocked by what I saw. On the wet glass were two long handprints as if made by a huge hand with elongated fingers. For the next few days, I was afraid to leave the house. I didn't want those hands to find me. But after a week had passed without any more bad dreams, I was finally able to relax. I even worked up enough courage to go back to the old abandoned well. I wanted to know why everyone was so afraid of it. I pulled off the board and looked down into it. Far below, in almost complete darkness, I could make out the black water at the bottom. Then I heard movement, tiny splashes. A faint black shape was slowly climbing out of the well. I jumped back from the edge and ran all the way back to the cottage. When I got there, I told my grandmother what I had seen. She flew into a panic and hurried from house to house, telling all the neighbors what had happened. By nightfall, the whole village was in chaos. 
Everyone hated me for playing around the well, but nobody told me why. Every house now had a crucifix hanging above the front door. The neighbors shut themselves in their houses. They locked all the doors, closed the shutters on their windows, and kept their lights on all night. My grandmother and I spent the night on the kitchen floor. The next morning, my parents arrived to pick me up. My grandmother took me into the kitchen to talk to them, and I was told to wait inside the car. They were in there for a long time, and when they came out, their faces were grim. Without a word, they got into the car, and we drove back into the city. It wasn't until years later that I found out what truly happened. Many years ago, there had been a woman who lived in that village. Her cottage had been on the other side of the hill. She was convinced that her husband had been cheating on her. Furious and full of anger, she took their children and, one by one, she marched them up to the well, held their heads over the opening, and chopped them off with an axe, their heads splashing onto the water below. She waited until her husband had returned from work, and when his back was turned, she attacked him with the same axe. After she had chopped him into pieces, she threw the parts into the well. Shortly after, she jumped in too. Sometimes I still dream about those horrible stretching hands. At night, I'm still afraid to leave my feet out from under the blanket in case I feel those cold fingers around my ankles. And whenever it rains, I still look at the window and expect to see, outlined by the drops of water, the prints of those huge hands. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com slash snarled. And if you'd like to join our Patreon, visit patreon.com slash snarled. Until next time, sweet dreams. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.